Welcome to Nuggets with Altitude. Derek Lee and Drew Gherkin. Drew, how are you doing today? Doing good. How are you? Doing pretty great. It's uh, been a great week to be a Nuggets fan. That it is. The Nuggets are doing pretty well. They uh, are currently 9-1, and one, um, second in the Western Conference, only behind Golden State, and it was definitely a good week. Oh, you want me to go? Yeah. Oh, well, recapping the last few Nuggets games, uh, they played four games since our last podcast. Uh, they played against Chicago and Cleveland on the road, followed by two home games against Utah and Boston. So going over the Chicago game, Nuggets won in exciting fashion, an overtime win, 108-107. to Some positives from that game, Paul Millsap had another great game, 19.6 rebounds and three blocks. Shot 8 for 13 from the field, and he had the game-winning basket, tipping in a missed shot with 0.1 seconds left in overtime. Drew, what did you think about Paul Millsap's performance? Well, it's about time he shows up and play basketball. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he had an awesome game pretty much from start and clearly to the finish. He uh, did really well. Um, I thought his moves looked a lot more crisp. I thought his footwork was a lot better. I thought he was a lot more decisive with the ball overall. And really, that kind of sparked him doing a lot better offensively um, for the Nuggets. He's still playing really good defense. Um, but this kind of sparked, he, I feel like he's been a really good offensive contributor for the last um, few games since this Chicago game. And that's just something that the Nuggets really needed. It's good to have that veteran player that is able to score points, like 19 points per game for the Nuggets, and really efficient from the field, 8 for, for 13. And uh, he looked really good that game. So. Yeah, Paul Millsap is a guy that's known around the league as a great defensive player. But uh, when he gets his offensive abilities going, he's just a really good two-way player. And that's something that the Nuggets need, especially when um, guys like Trey Lyles are struggling. Um, another positive from that game was that the Nuggets were able to keep Jabari Parker quiet, who was a, a new acquisition this offseason by the Bulls. He only had six points and nine rebounds, shot three for ten overall. So that was really good in keeping him quiet. But what was a bad thing is that the Bulls are not able to keep Zach Levine quiet. He had 28 points, 5 rebounds, 7 assists, and he shot 11 for 24 from the field. Wendell Carter Jr., a rookie on the Bulls, also had 25 points, had 8 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals, and 3 blocks. He went 9 for 21 from the field. Drew, what do you think of Wendell Carter Jr.'s performance? He looked really good. Um, I thought he played really good against anyone that was guarding him, especially Jokic. He looked really good. He was able to get pretty much anything he wanted. Um, you could tell that he was pretty excited. He he definitely had one of his, seems like one of his better games um, this season. And uh, he's just a really good rookie. And um, what really kind of stands out there is the three blocks for a rookie to be able to get that in those three steals. So, those are just really big possessions that you like to see out of a young player. And that just thinks that it goes against the Nuggets, but we still won the game. So it doesn't matter too much. But yeah, with Levine scoring 28 points per game, he was at the time averaging, I don't know what he's averaging now, but he was averaging 28 points per game. So he got his his average. But uh, that's just something you want the Nuggets to be better with uh, keeping those type of players um, a little bit lower uh, scoring the ball. And he's a guard and, which is kind of surprising because the Nuggets switched to that um, hedge defense where the big man hedges over. So I'm kind of surprised Levine was able to get that many points, but 
Carter with getting those 25 points with, with hedging like that, it's not too big of a surprise him getting 25 points, but definitely Levine getting those 28 points with that style of de- defense is credit to him for getting those points, but it's kind of surprising that he did. So, Yeah, and not only were those two uh, good performers for the Bulls, Justin Holiday also had a pretty good game. He had 15 points, five rebounds, and five assists, shooting five for nine from three. So he was a really good spark for them. Um, another negative for the Nuggets was that Jokic had six turnovers. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you want to see him doing a little bit better than that. We know he can be pretty unselfish at times, but um, that can often lead to turnovers that are unnecessary. But uh, moving on to the next game that the Nuggets had on their slate, it was a, a road game against Cleveland where they won handily 110-91. to um, One of the biggest storylines of this game was Wancho Hernan Gomez mm-hmm. going off for 23 points, four rebounds, and two blocks, shot six for 10 from the field, and five for eight from three. And uh, what stands out the most about his performance was that he didn't play at all in that game against the Bulls. Mm-hmm. So uh, for him to come out and just have the kind of game that he did, that's really, uh, it's really, really uh, great. I don't, for lack of a better word, but yeah, he had a really good game. Paul Millsap also had another great game. 16.6 rebounds and 6 for 9 from the field. But uh, once again, Nikola Jokic uh, wasn't really at his best. I mean, the Nuggets won the game, so that's always good to see. But uh, Jokic only had 4.6 rebounds and 3 assists, and he only shot the ball 5 times, mm-hmm. making 2 of those baskets. Uh, what are your thoughts on Jokic's performances of late, Drew? Um, yeah, Jokic, he's looking... I mean, it's not like he's looking bad. It's just not, he's not looking like the offensive scoring powerhouse that we're kind of getting accustomed to him. Because as of now, he's only averaging 17 points per game, which while that's really good, his last few games, he's been like pretty much under 10 points per game. So um, it's just, you want him to see him score the ball more because he does it so efficiently. He shoots the, he shoots a three-pointer at 38%. He shoots overall at 52%. And what really kind of surprised me the most with him being the superstar that he really is, he's only shooting the ball 11 times per game. And him being so good, he needs to shoot way higher. He should be up there at 15, 16, I mean, even 18 shots per game just because of the things he's able to do in his footwork. So I think him just being so unselfish right now and his assist numbers are really showing that. I mean, he just had a 16 assist game. And uh, last night he had a, he had a lot of assists again last night, but um, he just—he's just looking too unselfish right now, and I think he needs the—he just needs a look for a shot more, and um, hopefully he starts to pick it up. But I mean, that game—he—he he just wanted to score more because our team is going to need him to score more. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Jokic is actually leading the Nuggets in free throw attempts per game with five point two, so. Um, I think if he's a little bit more aggressive, he could maybe even bump that up to six or seven mm-hmm. per game. And as we know, Jokic is a really good uh, free throw shooter, especially for a big man, currently at 82%. So I think if he can be a little bit more aggressive um, and kind of get his offensive performances going, that'll also open up avenues for him to be more unselfish and find the open man. And then moving on to uh, the first of two home games that the Nuggets just played. Their first home game was against Utah, and they won 103-88. to There are a lot of positives from this game, uh, most notably that the Nuggets went on a 30-5 to run in the fourth quarter, 
And it was a pretty unique lineup as it involved Jamal Murray, Malik Beasley, Juancho Hernan Gomez, Trey Lyles, and Mason Plumley. It's not really the kind of lineup you expect to see doing a lot of work in the fourth quarter, is it, Drew? Yeah, especially Mason Plumley being out there late in the fourth quarter. A lot of times that's just Nikola Jokic out there. But Mason Plumley was playing. I mean, he's been playing on the entire season really good. But uh, this game especially, his defense was really good. And shoot, he even made a three. So Mason Plumley is now one for 19 from three-pointers. But he will, made that Utah one. And I remember watching this game a little bit. And uh, uh, the Nuggets, it looked like they were going to lose the game in, in, in the uh, in the third quarter. And then after Mason Plumley hit that three pointer, it just kind of seemed like that was the momentum the Nuggets needed. And then they went on that insane run. So, uh, that unit worked really good on together and it was just a really fun game. And that was a really hard fought game for the Nuggets to win because they had a, they had to come back like that. And, um, they really showed like that they could finish out, out, out a game because they won handily at the end, 103, 88. So, yeah, the Nuggets played some really good defense in the fourth quarter. Uh, they were actually able to keep both Donovan Mitchell and Joe Ingles relatively quiet as the pair combined for only 20 points, and uh, their shooting was less than stellar with the 8 for 27 combined. But uh, Jokic actually had a decent game. He did have 16 assists, only 7 points, but, I mean, 16 assists, that's just points on the board. It doesn't matter who it's coming for. Paul Millsap. I guess you could call this a revenge game for him, uh, playing against his former team, the Jazz. He had 13 points, 5 rebounds, 3 steals, and he shot 6 for 10 from the field. Uh, Jamal Murray had a great game. 19 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, shot 7 for 16 from the field. Gary Harris as well, 20 points, 4 rebounds, 8 for 13. Uh, Jamal and Gary just really coming into their own is one of the best backcourts in the league. And uh, it's really great to see the developing right before our eyes. Uh, there weren't that many negatives from that game, considering that the Nuggets were able to pull off the win. But uh, Jay Crowder went off for 21 points, five rebounds, and three blocks, eight for 15 <clears throat> from the field. Uh, he didn't start the game. He came off the bench, and he was the only uh, Jazz bench player that actually performed well. So uh, you kind of hate to see that, but if that comes at the price of uh, – Keeping Mitchell and Ingles quiet, I think you're mm-hmm. going to take that any day of the week. Yeah. Jay Crowder is a really solid player. Um, he's been for a little bit here in the league, and um, he had just a really good game. And um, Usually there's going to be at least one player that's going to at least play pretty well, and it was just Jay Crowder this game, and he did look really good. But, I mean, like what you were just saying, if I'm going to have Jay Crowder go off for 21 or Donovan Mitchell go off for close to 50, I'd choose Jay Crowder mm-hmm. every day of the week. So Yeah. Um, another negative from the game, but it's not really a big one, is that Denver didn't have any blocks at all during the entire game. Um, while that's not really, um, it's not a sign of like how their defense was, but uh, you really want to see them be more aggressive in defending the paint and defending those easy baskets. Mm-hmm. But uh, they got the win, so yeah, that's not that matters. big of a deal, I guess. Moving on to uh, last night's game. Against the Celtics, the Nuggets won 115-107. to 107. Jamal Murray went off for 48 points, tied the record for most points in the game by a Canadian. Steve Nash was the last guy to uh, score 48 points, or score the most points in the game. I actually had a tweet congratulating Jamal Murray, so that's oh, really interesting. 
cool. considering Steve Nash is now the general manager of the Canadian men's basketball team. So that might be something to keep your eye on during uh, international basketball season. <laughs> but uh, Jamal shot really well, too. He had 19 uh, baskets made out of 30. Uh, the Nuggets were also able to keep Boston's bench quiet. So that was really good considering uh, Kyrie Irving went off for 31 points, five rebounds, five assists, three steals. He also shot 13 for 17 from the field, and he had one tossed ball into the stands. Yeah, one tossed ball <laughs> that cost him $25,000. That is true. He did get fined today uh, for throwing that ball into the stands mm-hmm. after the game, which was sparked by uh, Jamal Murray shooting three at the buzzer, trying to get that uh, 50 points. But Yeah. I mean... Yeah, it's a little Im- Im- immature for Jamal to shoot that last shot, but he just wanted 50. It's not like it's a big deal. Um, I could see a little bit of frustration by the Celtics or Kyrie in that situation why you don't want like them to run up the score at all on you like that, but it's not like he was trying to be a bad guy or anything. It's just he just wanted that 50 points. I mean, I could see it on both sides. I personally like it <laughs> because I'm a Nugget fan. Well, I could see why Kyrie would be mad, but I mean, if you're Kyrie in that situation, why let a guy like Jamal go underneath your skin? Because you had a great game too. I mean, everything that he was doing, he was hitting turnaround jumpers and everything. So, I mean, it was just a good game um, to watch and everything. And Boston did a really good job, but the Nuggets, it just, they looked so good last night as a unit. And um, especially Jamal, I mean, 48 points is a lot of points and it. It's really nice to see him score that many points because he has had games this year where he doesn't seem like he doesn't score 12 points per game. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to see him have that nice big game. And now um, he was previously shooting under 30% from three. And now after this game, he's shooting 31% from three. Well, that's not an ideal number from, from three-point range. It's still the first 10 games. And hopefully this kind of sparks more um, confidence in his shooting stroke, especially from the three-pointers. Because we've both seen him uh, pass up wide-open three-pointers, which is not really Jamal-esque. So, I mean, it was a great game, and hopefully he can get a 50-piece next game. (laughs) Yeah, I think, uh, as you mentioned, like Kyrie letting a guy like Jamal get under his skin. We've seen this before previously Mm -hmm. with the other team. Last year, uh, Jamal dribbled around Lonzo Ball following the end of the Nuggets-Lakers game, and that kind of sparked a a ruckus. It did spark a ruckus, (laughs) at least. So uh, this is not the first time that Jamal done something like that. Um, I did see that Mike Malone was pretty disappointed in Jamal for taking that last shot. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I could see it. Uh, yeah. Mike Malone's a pretty respectable guy. He just wants uh, his guys to uh, be the same as him and just respect the game. And I think um, it's just a learning opportunity for Jamal. He did apologize and acknowledge his mistake in his post game interview. So um, I think this is just. A learning curve for him, you know, he's still pretty young. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's hard to fault him for wanting to get that 50 points that he mentioned before. Um, moving back to the game itself, uh, Jokic again was not very aggressive on the offensive side. He did have eight points, 10 rebounds, and eight assists, but he only took three shots. Yeah. And while they did win the game, I mean, that's not really what you want from your max contract player. No. I mean, it's not like we signed Jokic just for scoring. We assigned him because he's just a really great player overall. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a he's a center getting eight assists, so like that's a number in itself, super impressive. 
But, I mean, I want Jokic to at least be a 15-point scorer every night. I mean, at least, at least 15 points. And he just didn't look like he was really looking for his own shot last night. He shot only three shots on the night. And he's a starter that's going to play at least 25 minutes per game. What is another inter- in- in- interesting stat right now is Jokic is averaging 29.3 minutes per game, which he is a big man who's a center. So, I mean, usually centers don't play as many minutes per game, but Jokic is the best player on this team. So I'm just kind of surprised his number is a little bit higher, and that could be why his, um, he hasn't been scoring as much. But still, like, you want Jokic to be as aggressive as possible in these situations. And um, early, earlier on in, in the season, like the first five five or so games he was looking so aggressive he was scoring all those points he was looking like I mean shoot I think he was like the number two in MVP voting in like the first five games or something um but right now he's just not looking for his own shot and um he's just too good for him not to shoot more shots so I'm just looking for him to be more more aggressive but all around it was a really good game by him I thought even his defense in that game was good when he got switched on to guards um uh, he just did a pretty good job, but you just wanted to see more than eight points. So, and then like uh, going on to Tory Craig right now, he started the game but only played two minutes. <laughs> so it's just kind of like Michael Malone. What were you thinking with that start? But um, it's just Tory Craig right now. As good as a defender he is, he's just not showing that he's able to be any part of the offense. Yeah, and I think that's his problem right now. He's he's not shooting the ball well at all. I think he's shooting forty percent overall from the field. Yeah, forty forty point five percent from the field, but he's only shooting fifteen percent from three. Mm-hmm. And whenever you're starting alongside Nikola Jokic, you want shooters on the floor because mm-hmm. he's going to find those shooters. And Torrey Craig is just not that type of guy right now. Shooting fifteen percent from three as a role player, you need to hit those shots. So. I feel bad for Torrey Craig, but I feel like he'll he'll still find his minutes because he's such a great defender. But he only played two minutes and he started the game, which is kind of odd. Yeah, and uh, in uh, in spite of Torrey Craig, uh, Wancho was able to get some minutes last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, played twenty four minutes, he got uh, eight points, shot two for four from the three point line, five rebounds. So it's uh, a pretty good performance from Wancho again. Uh, especially since he's been in and out of the rotation a little bit this year. Um, I think moving forward, it's quite possible that we could see Wancho in the starting lineup at some point this yeah. season. But uh, I think for right now, Michael Mullen's still comfortable having Torrey Craig just as the starter, um, kind of like in a, how James Harden and Tabo Cephalosha several years ago in the Thunder, they would have Cephalosha start the game as the defensive starter, and then they'd have Harden come off the bench. Uh, much like the Nuggets actually had with Dante Jones and J.R. Smith about 10-ish years ago. <laughs> but, yeah, I think uh, Mike Malone's pretty comfortable with having Torrey Craig out there as solely, like, the defensive player, mm-hmm. especially when there's a lot of offensive options yeah. in the starting lineup. You got Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Paul Millsap's kind of finding his stride now, and uh, Jokic is always looking to keep the offense rolling. So I think as of right now, the starting lineup will remain unchanged. Yeah. But I agree. Um, I think these next few slated games against Memphis, Brooklyn, and um, especially Milwaukee um, will really show uh, how long Mike Mullins willing to keep Troy Craig in the lineup. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, just a really great game from Wancho. 
the bench as a whole, um, they didn't really put up a lot of points, but they were all pluses. So that's got to tell you something about how they perform, mm -hmm. especially since all the starters except for Gary Harris were minuses, surprisingly. But um, yeah, the bench has been really picking up their play recently. And uh, it's really promising to see, especially since most of the guys coming off the bench are still fairly young. And uh, I think this will be a really good opportunity for all these guys moving forward. And then moving on to uh, tomorrow night's game, the Nuggets will be playing the Memphis Grizzlies, who are currently tied for seventh in the Western Conference with a 5-4 and four record. Um, yeah, the Grizzlies, I don't know. They're, they're kind of a weird team. Mm -hmm. they, they have a pretty good pair of players in Mike Conley and Marcus Gasol, but uh, Marcus Gasol hasn't been really doing too great lately, only averaging 13 points a game. But uh, Mike Conley is averaging 18 points per game, and he averages six free throw attempts per game, which is a decent amount considering uh, how many players on that team are scoring in double digits, five to be exact. So uh, that might be part of the reason why Memphis is doing so well early on. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., their rookie that they just drafted this summer, is averaging 11.2 points per game, uh, shooting it, it at 46% uh, from the field. So uh, our keys to the game are to shut down Conley and Gasol, then focus on shutting down the bench and all the other depth players. Um, for Denver to have ball control, I feel like they've had a lot of turnovers recently, mm -hmm. especially Jokic. So uh, being able to cut down on those turnover numbers would really help them out a lot because that's just less chances for the opposition to get points. And then lastly, uh, to attack the paint, Jaron Jackson Jr. is the only player on the Grizzlies who averages more than a block per game. So uh, while Mark Gasol isn't a really great shot blocker, per se, he's a pretty solid defender still. But I think if you can attack the paint, um, you can wind up getting some of those guys in foul trouble, and then that just opens up more avenues to create offense. And then lastly, uh, the injury report for both teams uh, the Nuggets injury report remains unchanged. Will Barton, Michael Porter Jr., Isaiah Thomas, and Jared Vanderbilt are all still out. Will Barton could potentially return sometime in December. For the Grizzlies, Omri Caspi, Jamichael Green, and Chandler Parsons are all out. But Chandler Parsons is day-to-day. -day. He was ruled out for uh, last night's game. Uh, but he could play tomorrow. It probably be a game-time decision. But uh, Omri Caspi and Jamichael Green are not really... Um, important players for the Grizzlies per se, so uh, shouldn't have to worry about much. Uh, Drew, do you have any final thoughts to offer? Um, last night when I was watching the Nuggets game, I did see that Isaiah Thomas might return in the middle of December. Really? That's what they were saying. So, mm -hmm. but then Michael Malone said that he won't play him until he's hundred percent, which is no surprise there. Yeah. But that is an interesting tidbit that he might suit up in the middle of December. Now, well, do I think he's going to suit up in the middle of summer? No. I think it'll be like January yeah. or so. I mean, if they're saying that timetable. So that's just kind of an interesting thing. Um, I'm really excited to see Will Barn come back um, when he does. Um, but because he's just such an awesome part of this offense. And we, um, before he went out, his numbers were looking amazing. Mm -hmm. he, aver he was averaging 16.5 points per game. He was shooting really well. Um, he was shooting 57%. He was shooting 55% from three. So, I mean, it'd be really nice to get him back. But the Nuggets, are surprisingly, have really kept the ship afloat here with on the, on a 9-1 to start. And overall, I think the team looks really, really good. And um, 
again, I think the Nuggets should get another win against a Grizzly team that is surprisingly pretty good at basketball this season. But uh, hopefully they can um, knock them down to a 5-5 five and five record and the Nuggets can improve to 10-1. and one. So, Yeah, Will Barton does bring a different aspect to this offense. He's never afraid to shoot the ball, uh, especially when others on the floor are afraid to. But, um, yeah, uh, his absence has really opened up avenues for players like Wancho and Malik Beasley mm-hmm. and uh, even Trey Lyles just yeah, having Trey that Lyles versatility, the, the versatility to be able to get out there, um, get some minutes, and then show that they belong in the rotation. So uh, hopefully Torrey Craig can kind of seize that opportunity like he did last mm-hmm. year. But, uh, yeah, that's a really interesting to hear about Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. But uh, he has been warming up, warming up, quote-unquote, um, before a game. So, yeah. Um, yeah, hopefully he doesn't mess up something while he's uh, just kind of uh, shooting around. But, yeah, that's really promising to hear. Mm-hmm. And then just to kind of – because our two breakout players, if you guys remember, were Wancho for um, Derek and uh, mine was Malik Beasley. And <laughs> – their stats are kind of similar. So yeah. Wancho is averaging almost 20 minutes per game, and Malik is almost averaging 19 minutes per game, mm. which is really close. Um, Malik's played in 10 games, and Wancho didn't play in one game, which I have no <laughs> idea why he did it, because now he's looking really good. Yeah. Um, Malik Beasley is averaging 6.4 points per game, and Wancho is averaging 6.8 points oh. per game. So they're both really similar on uh, scoring-wise, but uh, I, so far I'm super impressed with Pretty much both players. I like what I saw from Malik. Now he's attacking the bucket more. Mm-hmm. He's he's throwing the ball down hard. He's being more of the player that we know he can be. Um, Malik shooting only thirty percent from three, which isn't awful, but he definitely needs to get better on that front. Mm-hmm. But he's still shooting forty one percent from the field, a little low, but not awful numbers. Watch is shooting an excellent forty eight percent and forty six percent from three, so that's really good. But both players. Similar stats, but they're both, I feel like, looking good. One thing about Malik Beasley, he's also shooting 100% from the free throw line. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but he averages 0.1 attempt per game. So I think he shot one free throw. But, um, yeah, both players, both having an impact on this Nuggets team. And um, so far, I feel like they're not having the breakout season so much, but they're both having meaningful minutes, and they both still have an opportunity to have a breakout season. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of interesting that both of our breakout players are having pretty pretty similar statistical seasons so far. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, both of those guys. If I could have chose both of them for uh, my breakout players, I would have. Uh, I've been a pretty big fan of Malik Beasley ever since uh, he came into the league and also Wancho as well, um, like we've mentioned before in previous episodes. Uh, Wancho had a pretty decent start to his career but uh mm-hmm. that mononucleosis really uh knocked him out for really last season but <laughs> yeah it's, it's really good to see them getting meaningful minutes uh this is really a make or break year for them they did have their contract options picked up for next year so that's great to see mm-hmm. but uh yeah Wancho had a really great game against the Warriors getting that game saving block and that just really spurred him on um getting no minutes in that Chicago game is kind of a bummer but he did bounce back the next game against Cleveland. Mm-hmm. So that's really good to see because that's really good for his confidence. And uh, Malik as well, he's just, he might not be shooting very well, but he is putting up those shots that he uh, previously was not. So mm-hmm. he's being really aggressive. And his and, defense too. Yeah, learning his role, like he talked about 
um, wanting to get better at like learning his role um, on the team, knowing he's not going to be the starting shooting guard, but he's going to be coming off the bench, playing meaningful minutes. And he was one of those players that played a really uh, big role in that mm-hmm. comeback against Utah. So I think if both of those guys can have really good performances, like the Nuggets could be 10, 11 deep for years to come. Oh, yeah. I mean, right now they're looking really good. I mean, their sixth man is clearly right now Trey Lyles mm-hmm. because Trey Lyles is, I mean, he's just he's just that good of a player. He's another player right now. We have six Denver Nuggets in double-digit scoring per game, mm. and Trey Lyles being that that sixth guy for him, he's averaging 10 points per game. He's shooting the rock well, pretty well. And then Monte Morris is looking like a really solid um, backup shoot, uh, point guard for the Nuggets, mm-hmm. and he's playing 21 minutes per game too, which is a lot of minutes for a guy that played, I mean, he did play a little bit last year, but he played nothing last year. Yeah. You know, like he didn't play nothing. <laughs> yeah. But a guy that's looking good, Mason Plumley, looking good this season. Wancho looking good this season. Malik Beasley looking good this season. Mm-hmm. Tory Craig looking good defensively this season. <laughs> so it's just we have a lot of good looking um, players right now. That um, the depth right now of the Nuggets is really what's I feel like what's winning them the game mm-hmm. because um, in some of these games that like um, last night when we were when they were playing. Um, Boston, they didn't look that great in the first quarter, clearly. Yeah. They were 19 and 34, but that second unit comes in, kind of sparks a little bit of something, you know? And there we go. They 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 get the win. So it's just the depth on this Nuggets team and the amount of scoring that we have is really pleasant. And it's why we're li- we're we're winning a lot of games. And um our stars are being stars this year. So it's the Nuggets are just, I mean, they're the best team in the league. <laughs> I'm kidding. They're probably number two. <laughs> well, Charles Barkley did say that the Nuggets would be the second like, seed. So, uh, he's right so far. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, the bench has been really good. I think that's part of the reason why Jokic has been kind of uh, quick to take a backseat to the mm-hmm. offense sometimes, just to kind of let the lesser role players take a bigger chunk of the offensive performances. But, yeah, it's really good to see um, the Nuggets are pretty much a 10-deep team. And then that's even without Michael Porter Jr. and Isaiah Thomas. And even without Will Barton pretty much for yeah most of the season. But, yeah, it's really promising to see. This is probably the best depth that the Nuggets have had in the last several years, I want to mm-hmm. say. But, yeah, it's really good to see um, all the young players doing work, especially Monte Morris, as you mentioned before. I think he played maybe, like, three games at the most mm-hmm. last year in the NBA. But yeah, it, it's just a testament to how how good the G League can be for the development of players, especially because both him and uh, Torrey Craig yeah. played pretty decent amount in the G League last season. And then also Wancho and Malik have spent time down there as well. And then even this year, uh, the Nuggets two-way players, Thomas Welsh and Devon Akun Purcell, uh, they'll probably spend a big chunk of time of this season in the G League. So uh, hopefully the Nuggets can just keep going on the same track that they're going right now, uh, just getting some young players, develop, developing them the right way and not just pushing them too fast into the action like they did with Moutier mm-hmm. and uh, kind of with Fareed too. So I think if they just keep going on this path, uh, there'll be nothing but good things to come. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, thank you for joining us for another episode of Nuggets with Altitude. I'm Derek Lee. I'm Drew Gherkin. And uh, we'll see you next week.